0: This is Brian Wadsworth and I'll be your host today. I'm an associate in CIFAR's Houston office. Andy Scroggins, who is a partner in our Chicago office and I drafted a remote worker relocation checklist. This checklist is intended to help employers think through potential legal issues related to the relocation of a remote worker. This is especially important uh, during this time of, of remote work because multiple states have held that a, an employee who performs physically performs work in that state may be protected or is protected by the uh, laws of that state. So without further ado, jumping into uh, and putting into practical application uh, this concern, the first thing that employers will want to think about are wage and hour issues. Multiple states have uh, wage and hour laws that do not mirror the FLSA. So there could be potential concerns related to overtime and when overtime is due and how overtime is paid. If an employee moves, for instance, from a state like Texas that mirrors the FLSA, to a state like colorado that has a different overtime law and a different time period in which implicates when an employer has to pay overtime a uh, an employer could unknowingly you know violate colorado's overtime law when when its employee you know remotely moves either with or without notice to colorado and performs work for under that law uh, and is subject to to overtime, but is not paid overtime. This could also be be true uh, with the independent contractor test. Uh, While uh, the DOL has come out with a a rule relating to the FLSA, uh, there are a number of states that may follow different tests, different um, independent contractor tests, for instance, California follows the ABC test, um, and that and that may alter whether a remote worker is classified as an independent contractor or um, a, an employee if the remote worker moves to a, a jurisdiction where the independent contractor test varies from the original jurisdiction in which he or she is working. And the third under that wage and hour piece is... Potential minimum wage issues. Uh, while most remote workers are almost certainly well above the minimum wage, COVID coinciding with the rise or the increase of minimum wage in some certain jurisdictions may have uh, may create an issue where uh, it is close, or where there are some employees who move to a high wage uh, location to work remotely and are actually paid below the minimum wage. Thus, by, you know, an employer may unwittingly violate uh, the minimum wage requirements a certain jurisdiction. The other thing that employers may want to think about is final pay. Requirements for when final pay is made vary from state to state. Those can carry fines if they're violated. Some of those can be very specific. For instance, in Texas there's a requirement within 7 days to pay to make final pay after termination. And of course, that may vary. But if someone comes from a state where that's not the case, and it's, for instance, the next uh, routine paycheck and moves to Texas on remote work and is terminated, that of course can can potentially subject an employer to violation. Along the same lines, the pair of pay stub issues uh, related with remote work as well. Since if an employee is working in Texas where the requirement for a pay stub is uh, a relatively minimal, requires minimal information, and uh, the remote worker then, unbeknownst to the employer, moves to, say, California, where there are very strict rules regarding what needs to be on the pay stub, an employer may not, you know, may unknowingly not, you know, not meet or satisfy the requirements under California law. Uh, and of course, that uh, under California law can carry, you know, significant fines or other legal implications if the employer Uh, unknowingly uh, violates that. The other issue that employers will want to think about is harassment training. More than one third uh, of the states in the U.S. mandate harassment training. Some of those have specific substantive requirements, a target audience, a duration and frequency. For instance, Connecticut requires that all supervisory employees complete harassment training. And if there are three or more employees in that state, then the obligation extends to even non-supervisory employees. So you can imagine a scenario where an employee a supervisor potentially moves from a jurisdiction that does not require harassment training to Connecticut, and then the employer has not provided the employee with that um, training, then there's a violation. Uh, you can also see uh, an even, you know, potential greater issue if for some reason uh you know let's say the employer has multiple employees relocate to connecticut implicating even further obligations on on the employer that it's that it's not following Uh, another thing that employers want to keep in mind is paid sick leave laws Uh, these of course are particularly frustrating and and nuanced as they vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction not only at the state level but even at the city level Uh, for instance in texas you have no statewide paid sick leave law, but you do have local sick leave law ordinances in a number of cities uh, or planned to be in a number of cities. So you can also imagine a, a scenario where an employee may relocate within the same state, but uh, be subject to different paid sick leave laws. Of course, that could even you know, carry uh, more potential issues uh, due to COVID and, and people getting sick um, and, and, and unwitting violations on the part of an employer. There are also, of course, venue and jurisdic- jurisdictional implications for an employer who uh, finds employees, uh, remote workers, uh, moving with or without notice to the employer. Uh, this may uh, uh, result in an em- uh, employer being held into a jurisdiction that he or she, you know, did not originally intend um, to be subject to. In a similar vein, there are also potential tax issues. The physical presence rule requires employers to withhold at the rate for the state in which the work is performed, even if the business is headquartered in another state. Um, and some states require withholding for both locations. So if a you can imagine a scenario where an employer has an employee relocate to a state that has requires uh, withholdings for income tax, uh, and unwittingly uh, is not doing so if the if the remote worker moves without telling or informing the employer. Uh, along the s- similar lines, there is also business formation and registered agent issues. If a remote worker moves to a state in which the employer was not previously doing business, That new state may view the employers conducting business in that state. uh, And of course, that may have implications on on an employer uh, registering to do business in that state or having a registered agent in that state in, in order to do business. There are also potential professional licenses issues. Uh, especially if those are, are state-specific for instance if you have uh, attorneys uh, in-house counsel attorneys who are working for a company and relocate remotely to another location uh, that may have you know implications on whether the employee or the the attorney is condu- you know practicing law in a different state or a state in which he or she is not uh, licensed in and of course that can that run the gamut uh, of the different types of professional licenses available for for employees other issues to think about include in you know insurance issues for both the employees and the employer if uh, employees are have relocated to a state uh, that the uh, insurance provider has not originally um, contemplated having the, the employee uh, work th- or live there and, and seek medical treatment there that could create a potential issue. Um, insurance for the employer in, in, in a similar vein if they're if an insurer, Or Excuse me, if an employer is carrying insurance on any type of, you know, potential um, issue, uh, especially one, you know, a mistake uh, committed by uh, an employee and the employee is actually, you know, committing that mistake in a different state or a different jurisdiction, that may also carry certain implications. Something else employers will want to keep in mind is data privacy. And what's interesting about data privacy is while there may be some variations um, from state to state, the, there could be a, a much larger concern with international um, uh, movement of employees. Uh, we have had here at SyFarth, we've had uh, clients uh, and in-house counsel uh, tell us that there have have been a during the COVID time period a number of employees who have requested to live uh, internationally and work internationally uh, during this time period Uh, of course uh, if if this you know extends to some place like the european union where there's a much uh, more stringent and and very specific uh, data privacy laws, that, uh, that could create a significant issue for the employer, especially since the employee is going to be working remotely, having access remotely, uh, and being connecting, and connecting through, you know, that, that different jurisdiction and, 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 you know, data will be moving through that jurisdiction. Moving on to the, the second to last uh, point on the checklist is workers' compensation. Uh, you know, that varies from state to state that can have some you know potential implications if an employee moves uh, to a different state uh, that the employer is not is not located in and is not carrying uh workers comp insurance or you know is not is not prepared to to address worker workers comp issues and the employee somehow uh claims an injury or a work-related injury in that in that at that remote location and the last thing that employers will want to keep in mind is relocation expenses um and workers uh, excuse me employers may want to look at their um, relocation expense uh, policies to make sure that employees don't try to uh, improperly use that uh, to, to relocate while, while working remotely or, or to relocate to, a, to another location to conduct remote work. Uh, so employers obviously should be cognizant and think through uh, of all of these issues and be prepared to address them when a, a remote worker relocates or um, ha- have in mind a way to address them. One important thing for employers uh, to to keep in mind is uh, not only have and retain um, a remote work policy that generally addresses remote work, but also have a spe- specific poly- policy that addresses uh, the relocation of remote workers. Employers may also want to think about uh, maintaining a policy that requires um, employees to keep their uh, their contact information updated with the employer. Employers may also want to do a survey of employees to figure out um, the state in which they're performing physical work, or even potentially require a um, challenge on a login to remote work for a remote worker to indicate where he or she is physically performing the work before gaining access to the employer's Uh, systems. Uh, CIFARTH uh, is going to continue um, to uh, publish thought content on this exciting topic uh, and more in-depth information on each of these subjects. Uh, So please stay tuned for more information. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope you found this helpful. And if you have any uh, additional questions, feel free to reach out to a CIFARTH attorney to assist you.